Federation Podcast. I'm your host, Mikey. I'm Matt. <laughs> and hi, I'm Ron. Today we're going to freak out, freak out, because we're here to talk about the favorite series, and we're going to take it to the limit, yeah, and talk about our favorite Randys. Matt, do you want to translate? <laughs> uh, yes, so Randy said... <laughs> Today's episode, we are going to continue our favorite series, and today's name, we've chosen Randy, and we happen to bring our special guest, Randy, in to uh, observe. Is that right? Did I get that right, Randy? Ooh, yeah! That's pretty self-explanatory, right, Rob? (laughs) This is gonna be great. (laughs) Alright. Dig it! (laughs) Snap into a Slim Jim. Ooh, yeah! (laughs) Again, that's pretty self-explanatory. Eat your proteins, and uh, you'll get as big as Randy. That's pretty much what he said. <laughs> so, Mike, uh, how? how, how uh, no, Matt. This? Matt, what's his name? No, Mike's there. Mike and Randy are in the same spot. Oh. Isn't that right? Oh yeah, we're we're together, right, Randy? Oh my God! Oh yeah! Hey, freak show! I got you for three minutes. Three minutes of playtime. Well, that Do you was know? mean. <laughs> Randy, do you know how to ride a bike? <laughs> I, I know okay. somebody who doesn't. So, so like, off topic, real quick. One of my favorite memes that I ever saw of like the original Spider-Man series was <laughs> somebody made a meme of like Spider-Man in the cage with uh, Randy Savage, and he's like, "Oh, it's a nice, nice outfit. Did your boyfriend make it for you?" And then Randy Savage was like, "Me and my boyfriend love each other, and we happen to be in a very committed relationship. So I'd appreciate it if you didn't make fun of me." This is 2019, Spider-Man. Get with it. And it's just a picture of Tobey Maguire. <laughs> oh my god! So yeah, I love Randy Savage. So funny. Oh, so yeah. yeah. Randy's. So, per my friend Randy, the Macho Man Savage, um, (laughs) we're going to be talking about our favorite Randy's. So, I'm going to kick (laughs) us off. Mike, before you do that, can I really quickly interject and say, as a child, I thought it was the Nacho Man Randy Savage. Shut the fuck up. I really did. I'm sorry. The Nacho Man, the Huckster. (laughs) Scheme and Gene. Okay, Mike, I'm sorry. I completely cut you off. That's my bad. Go Mr. Turdfict. Mike, please. I insist. So, um, we, many times when we do the favorite series, we talk about sometimes how difficult it is to find people with that name. <laughs> K- Kelly's being the most difficult. Until Jeff's was pretty now. easy. Bill's was, was pretty easy. Bill's was very easy. Mm. Randy's proved to be a little bit more difficult than we had thought. I feel like we should have a vetting process of names. <laughs> no, no, it's more fun this way. So difficult that Matt couldn't think of any. It's so true. I had to let him take the Macho Man Randy Savage. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Matt, tell us about Randy Savage. All right. I will. Mr. Randall Poffo Savage was born November 15th, 1952. But everyone knows him as the macho man, Randy Savage. Or Madness. But we won't really talk about that part of his career. Uh, so, Randy Savage is... A professional wrestler who is well known for working in WCW in the 80s and 90s. Um, he is probably one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. I am not afraid to say something like that. Um, a lot of people love Hulk Hogan, obviously. And uh, Randy Savage is one of my personal favorites, especially from that era. I think, I think that he's underrated but it's hard to underrate a dude who's you know like won every title known to man but as i said uh savage won 29 championship has had 29 championship reigns with 11 different titles during his 32-year career including the two-time wwf champion and a four-time world heavyweight champion in wcw um Many associations like to think with him and Hulk with the superpowers or his lovely, lovely manager slash wife, Miss Elizabeth, who he was married to in real life until uh, they divorced in 1992. Uh, oh. Something that I did not know about is that Macho Man was actually signed by the St. Louis Cardinals in high school to play baseball. Believe really? it or not. Yes. Um, he was placed in the minor leagues to develop and mostly played as an outfielder, but he ultimately ended his career because, uh, he had a shoulder injury from, in his throwing shoulder after a collision in his home, at home plate. Um, so after that, he then started to get into his career in professional wrestling, um, where he was brought up in Georgia Championship Wrestling and worked around a lot of the Southern promotions until he was ultimately picked up by WCW in 1985. And he was the greatest uh, Intercontinental Champion. I'm sorry, Chris Jericho or The Miz. But oh. Macho Man is the greatest Intercontinental Champ of all time. Uh, one of the original King of the Rings. Uh, has a really awkward rap track called be a man and he and bonesaw i almost forgot to mention bonesaw his bonesaw group. is ready yes yes randy i i'm guessing it gave you great me big memories of working on the set give me a big fat check oh yeah yes it's great having a big payday <laughs> Unfortunately, Mr. Savage passed away in 2011 after having uh, dying to cardiovascular diseases. But we truly lost one of the greats on that day. And uh, R.I.P. Mr. Savage. I hope he's slap snapping into a bunch of Slim Jims in the in the sky. But Randy Savage. Randy Savage is one of my, in the top 10 of my favorite wrestlers, and he's also the only one of my top 10 that I have not met in real life. And you never will, because he's dead. Nope. Great, Rod. Thanks. 
I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be so <laughs> much of a douchebag. <laughs> oh yeah, Macho Man. He has the greatest handshake with Hulk Hogan. Like, the best bro handshake of all time. Fun fact, do you know who he beat for his two titles? Mm-hmm. In WWF? I do not... It wasn't... It wasn't Hogan, right? He never beat Hogan. The first one was... At WrestleMania 4. That was the against... tournament. Right? Yes. Did he beat Ted DiBiase? Yep. Okay. Alright. Wow, how did I remember that? That was... Okay. I definitely don't remember the second one. And the second one was at WrestleMania. Uh, yeah, it was WrestleMania 8. And do you know who he beat? Did he beat the Warrior? Nope. Uh, I don't know then. Jake the Snake? Sergeant Slaughter. Nope. The Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Really? Oh, that's a great match. I do remember that. It's an incredible match. And that originally was supposed to be Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair for the title. But instead, Hulk Hogan fought Sid Justice. Because Later we go on, Sid Vicious. Flair was also supposed to beat Hogan, and that's why Hogan didn't want to wrestle him. Fun fact. Or allegedly, as wrestling lore is always misconstrued. Ray Flair should never, ever beat Hulk Hogan. Okay. Ever. <laughs> okay. Okay. Works for me. I'm not going to bite on that. <laughs> Sticking with wrestling here. So the Randys that I went with are Randys that are not as well known. Um, my first Randy is Randy Anderson. Randy Anderson was born July 17th, 1959, and is known for being a professional wrestling referee. He Hmm. was a referee starting in 1978 in Mid-South Wrestling, with then Florida Championship Wrestling, then the NWA, then WCW. He was in. He refereed the match at Bash of the Beach 1996, where Hulk Hogan came out as a third man and the NWO was formed. He also was part of a takeover angle when WCW, when NWO tried to take over WCW, and uh, it got to the point where referees were involved. So Randy Anderson was one of them, also. Nick Patrick was the other one. Oh, yeah. Nick Patrick was the crooked ref in WCW, right? Yep. He, like, looked like Ric Flair. That was... I thought that was Craig Robinson. Uh, You might be right. You are right. That was Robinson. Nick Patrick ended up being the WWE... He went to the WWE after that. He was the head SmackDown referee once uh, Hebner left. You are correct, sir. Um, but sadly, Randy Anderson had to retire from WCW in 1999 because he had cancer. Um, and he ultimately passed away in 2002 Jeez. at 42 years old from testicular cancer. 
doesn't get referees don't really get much love in uh, wrestling, but you know, for if you referee pivotal matches, like especially with third man, I think that's pretty good. So nod to Randy Anderson. Yeah, that was a good one. I hope he's snapping Slim Jims up in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> Ron, do you have a Randy that's still alive? <laughs> um, yes, he is currently, I, I hope, very alive. Um, uh, my Rand, my first Randy is Randy Johnson, uh, the big <laughs> unit. Randy Johnson, in my opinion, probably the best left-handed pitcher of all time. I'm sorry, all the other left-handed pitchers. Randy Johnson is so dominant. He threw a no-hitter when he was in his 40s. He was like 42 when he threw a no-hitter. The guy holds – oh, by the way, he's a pitcher in Major League Baseball, and he's in the Hall of Fame because, of course, he is. He's second all-time in strikeouts. He has over 4,800. The only person above him is Nolan Ryan. Randy Johnson actually has like the highest strikeouts per inning rate wow. of anyone ever. Like Randy John, yeah, Randy Johnson is like six foot ten and will kill you with a fastball. <laughs> Speaking of killing you with a fastball, at least in the community. <laughs> yeah, Randy Johnson. You know, very famous video. Uh, in spring training, uh, I forget exactly what year, but he killed a bird because it just so happened when he was throwing a fastball that a bird just happened to be like flying in between him and the batter at the time, and it got wrecked. Like literally, like the the feathers are flying everywhere. <laughs> just drops like a ton of bricks. <laughs> oh my god! Hold on, I need to find out what year that was. Is it meant to? Be- I know it was when he was on the Mariners. I'm, I remember that. <laughs> okay, 2001. Oh, pre-9-11. Uh, so, so... <laughs> Why did you have to bring that up? <laughs> okay, so no things for me are no longer like, you know, September 11th, everything after that. Everything after March 2001 is... <laughs> That's when this that was when the world changed. <laughs> So honestly, were you ever the same after seeing the video of Randy Johnson demolishing that bird? Of course you weren't. No one was. He was elected into the Hall of Fame in 2015. He got 97% of the vote, and he was a first ballot inductee. Randy Johnson, obviously, you know, World Series winner, Cy Young winner. Like, you know, just one of the best pitchers of all time. And apparently, like, you know, a swell guy, too. Like... You know, the guy's just great. I love Randy Johnson. When I was a pitcher, when I was a kid, I tried to emulate him. It's a little bit different because I pitched right-handed and he was a lefty. And also I wasn't six foot ten. So it was like, it was a little bit tougher. Yeah. But yeah, no, Randy, uh, Randy Johnson, man. God, it's just, when I think of pitchers that I absolutely would not want to face, Randy Johnson is probably on the, the top tier of that because he would throw the ball because of like the height of the mound, it probably went from like, I'd say nine feet in the air to probably your knees at 101 miles an hour. And that just doesn't sound fun in the least. (laughs) So it's like a terrible time. Yeah. So Randy Johnson, uh, I love him. I hate that he like played for the Yankees and not the Mets. 
and that he basically destroyed all the teams that I loved. Well, but... He basically played on the Mets when his career, or the Yankees when his career was over. Yeah, he also had one of my favorite run-ins with the New York media ever. So I was going to bring that up. But you beat <laughs> me to it. Sorry, man. I just I just can't help it. I, I until I read like his Wikipedia and rewatched thirty times the video of him blowing up that bird. Like I didn't realize how much I love this guy. <laughs> was the reason yes. why you picked him because of the bird thing? It was or... kind of the bird thing. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So yeah, Randy uh, Randy Johnson, amazing right. pitcher. Okay. All right. So Matt, are you uh, are you first on? Are you going first again? Yes. So next, Randy, I'm going to pick. He comes from Rand University. Uh, one of the greatest NFL wide receivers of a generation. I'm going to go with Randall Moss, of course. Rand- mm-hmm. Randall Moss? That doesn't sound Randy funny. Moss. Randy, because that's what <laughs> we're going with. Uh, so Randy Moss, uh, obviously, like I said before, he's not obviously because not many of you may know him. Uh, he is one of the greatest wide receivers uh, ever to play the game. A lot of cornerbacks have said that he was one of the hardest, if not the hardest, wide receiver to cover because of his size and his speed. Um, from his rookie year, he was considered one of the best. Uh, he was almost a unanimous offensive rookie of the year, as long as having the record for most receiving touchdowns in a rookie season with 17. He also holds the record for most NF- most receiving touchdowns in a single season with 23, and that's with Mike's favorite team, the New England Patriots. However, that year, things didn't go quite so well for Randy Moss. Um, but I'm not going to get into it. Uh, <laughs> he's the first uh, six-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro uh, like I said, he's the offensive rookie of the year. He was a comeback player of the year because once he moved to the Patriots, people remembered, oh, right, he's a good wide receiver because he was playing for the <laughs> Oakland Raiders at the time. Um, he is a part. He was a part of the 2000s All-Decade team as well as the recently unveiled NFL 100th Anniversary All-Time team. And that was voted by... Hall of Famers, media members, and player current players. So if you have fellow players voting for you, then you know that you're doing something right. Um, pretty much the only thing that isn't in his resume is he never won a Super Bowl, which is a big shame. Big shame. He was pretty close in 2008, but um, just... What, what happened? Uh, David Tyree happened. I'm all, that's all I'm going to say. <clears throat> but he's most famous in his career for playing for both the Minnesota Vikings and the New England Patriots. Uh, he had very small stints with the Oakland Raiders, the Tennessee Titans, and came out and retired as a Viking, but came back in for one last season to play for the 49ers, which I, was that the year they made it? To, he may have actually been in two Super Bowls. With the 49ers. No, no, he... Yeah, yeah, he was in two Super Bowls. First one with the Patriots in the undefeated season. Right. And then the second one with the uh, the Niners versus the Raiders. Yes. Ron was talking about watching highlights of Randy Johnson. I watched a bunch of highlights of Randy Moss, which is, like, 
and just being amazed on how fast he was. Like, he could just blow by other people. And, um, like I said, he's probably one of the best wide receivers of all time and definitely one of the best of his generation of him playing. Like, there was no one who could hold a candle to him. Uh, so, yeah, that's Rand- Randy Moss. He also played with Chad Pennington at Marshall University. Fun fact. Wow, what a career. <laughs> yes, I love how I ended it with, oh, and he also played with Chad Pennington. Like that, <laughs> that, that's the clincher. Yeah. <laughs> that's how you know he's a great Randy. Okay, um, Mike, uh, want to tell us about your second Randy? So, my second Randy is another unknown. It's actually a female Randy. Before I begin, um, what I wanted to say is something in the beginning. The name Randy uh, is derived from a few different names. One of the most common ones is uh, Randolph. And Randolph is a derived from a Norse uh, area, and it means shield wolf, which I thought was pretty cool. Damn, that's metal. Yeah. That's actually pretty so, cool. <laughs> um... This Randy is a female. Her name is Randy Altschul. Uh, her real name is Randice Lisa Randy Altschul. And she is an American toy inventor from Cliffside Park, New Jersey. Oh. She is... She her she invented a few things. One was the Miami Vice game. Uh, another was a Barbie's 30th anniversary game. Uh, she also marketed board games off of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and The Simpsons. But the one thing that she is most known for was the first disposable cell phone. Now, I did not know what this meant, so I had to look it up. Um, in 1999, she teamed up with a few people at Tyco. And they obtained a couple patents for what would be uh, the first disposable mobile phone. I thought originally that this was like the original burner phones that you can find at like Walmart. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. No, this is not. This phone uh, was, this is coming from the Wikipedia, but I did look this up after, was intended to sell for about $20 in the early 2000s. Um, and the purchaser would be able to make phone calls totaling up to an hour. The phone was sold as disposable, but could also be recycled. Um, and then people could return their used phones for credit of, of 2 or $3, a couple bucks. So, um, the, uh, the phone itself actually looks like a pocket calculator it is it sounds like a burner phone to me <laughs> yeah this, this sounds so, super like a burner phone like born identity level like you have an hour to use this kind of so it, i think this was what it evolved into but originally and i'll show you guys a picture of what it looks like um it looks like a calculator it's about the size of your palm It just has the nine digits, the star, the zero, and the pound sign. It has a um, send and an end button. 
and it doesn't have a, you have to plug in a pair of headphones into the side and that's how you can talk. There's no um, uh, listening and there's no microphone in the device itself. So this was a hands-free, you couldn't receive a phone call on it, you can only call somebody on it. And it had only 60 minutes of call time. This sounds super sketchy. So, again, <laughs> like, this was in 1999. A drug dealer's dream. Pretty much. So, it could fit in your wallet um, or your purse. And you basically had it on you for emergencies was, I guess, the idea. Um, or to get your next score. <laughs> or that. But it looks pretty cool. Um, I thought it was kind of interesting that this was she she became a she was a millionaire um or she is a millionaire she's still alive uh actually i don't know if she still has the money but <laughs> oh my god so it's literally like it looks like a piece of paper it's fully recyclable um and it is the first technically burner phone but i don't ever remember these from yeah no i've never seen this before i thought originally when i first the numbers make it look like it's a calculator See, that's what it looks like I, yeah. I originally, when I first saw, saw this, I thought this was a toy. Like, she invented the first toy cell phone. And I was like, no, nah, it can't be. I was like, why would anybody care? And then I thought, I saw, when I looked into it more, I was like, no, no, this is an actual, like, burner phone. It's a thickness of three credit cards and is made from recycled paper products. And this was what people used back in the day. Dude, seriously, if you're, uh, if you're a criminal and you love the environment, this is for you. <laughs> like, <laughs> crap. I wonder if they still have these. Yeah, I'm very curious. I, I think they're still they're called phone card phones. I mean, I'm sure maybe somebody has them on eBay. Randy Altschul. That's Altschul. what uh, that's what she made. Apparently, you can still get them. You don't say. They're actually pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie. Like it, it's a yeah, really no, that, cool that idea. If, if I had a drug deal to make, like this is. I mean, that's what you would use. It's just yeah. you couldn't get calls on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's so you just have to call people. I mean, I think for in like 1999, if you were stuck on the side of the road, this is what you'd want to have. But I still think, well, yeah, I think anytime before cell phones, like it's it's very useful. Like we've been making jokes about it, but like it's a perfect like 911 yeah. caller. Yeah, and for like people people who don't like smartphones or anything, like that's just kind of you know. Whatever. All right. Good pick, Michael. Yeah, no, and very interesting well, pick. Wow. All right, we're on to our last Randy's. Ron still has to I... do the second one. Try and keep up. Oh, All right. I thought you did. I know, Ron. Ron, your second Randy. I'm sorry. I know I talk so much. It sounds like I do. Um, my second Randy is actually a fictional character. Can either of you guess who it is? Randy Marsh. Oh my god, it's Randy Marsh! <laughs> I mean, I it's we Ra knew who it was. Exactly, that's why I asked you to guess. So it's Randy Marsh from South Park. He is the father of Stan, from also from South Park. And, you know, Randy is just kind of like... he's be He's kind of sort of become a little bit of the main character of South Park because like as the creators have gotten older I feel like they've they've told more stories through Randy because they can identify more with Randy than they can with the kids now 
So, yeah, Randy Marsh, man. An extremely memeable. Everyone knows the uh, the meme of Randy Marsh where he's just kind of like, you know, his he sticks his testicles in a microwave and they become very giant. And, you know, also when he gets to use the internet again and he kind of um, it ejaculates all over. That was a great episode. So, yeah, Randy Marsh. Um, yes, it was. Also, when he becomes Lord, like, it's just, you know, Randy Marsh is just, just a, like, I don't know, good character, funny character. He's definitely gotten better as the seasons have gone on. Again, because, like, the creators have kind of, like, you know, funneled more of the stories through him. Also, Cream Frisch. Um Nice. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, and, and I thought this was America. Like that's Randy Marsh too. Isn't is so, it nice? Randy Marsh also? I think so. He was also in the hit boy band Finger Bang. <laughs> but yeah, like Randy Randy Marsh definitely like one of the main characters now of South Park. And he just you know, it's sad to say he's an American icon <laughs> in a funny way. Um <laughs> He is the voice and, of America, whether we like it or not. Basically, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Randy Marsh. Um, yeah, just great character. I don't think that there's too much to say. I think everyone knows Randy Marsh. Everyone knows South Park. And, yeah. Good pick, Ronald. Thank you. Hey, Matt, who's your, uh, who's your Randy? Yeah, here's my Randy. Uh, okay, so I'm going to turn back to wrestling. What? Yes, believe it or not, it's Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh, no, the final Randy that I'm going to choose for this evening is uh, the legend killer himself, Randy Orton, or Randall Keith or Orton. I almost said Keith Urban. Jesus. Um. <clears throat> so. The legend killer, Keith Urban. <laughs> so, uh, Randy Orton is a third-generation professional wrestler. His gr- his father is Cowboy Bob Orton. His grandfather is Bob Orton. Real original names, guys. Uh, <laughs> after his short stint working by himself, he was a part of the famous Ruthless Aggression era stable Evolution where he was the mid-card fighter, quote-unquote, where he won the Intercontinental Championship and held that for 210 days and then ended up becoming the youngest world champion in WWE history after he beat after he beat Redacted in SummerSlam. So um, <laughs> there is a great... Uh, WWE Network right now has a great um, documentary series on the Ruthless Aggression era, and they cover Evolution and Randy Orton's rise. It's really, really good. Evolution is a mystery. Full of change that no one sees. Yes. You can't prove that Evolution is a real thing. No, you can't. We're not going to get into that. <laughs> Randy Orton is a Grand Slam champion and a Triple Crown champion. Now, what do you ask what a Grand Slam and a Triple Crown is? What is that? I'm glad you asked. Triple, triple, triple crown, triple crown is when you win the world, the middle, and a tag, and then the grand slam is when you win <clears throat> all four. When you win the, uh, I think 
both worlds. Is that the Rumble? Because he never won a King of the Ring. No, he went both worlds, a middle, uh, and a tag. So Randy Orton is a very few wrestler to actually win every single championship belt that a male could win, ex- with the exception of the cruiserweight title. Um, was he U.S. He champion? Was he is not a He was a U.S. champion. He was a U.S. champion um, a couple years ago, like very recently. He beat Bobby Roode for it. I remember when Bobby Roode had it. Okay. Or he lost it to my personal boy, Jinder Mahal, at WrestleMania 34. That's so sad. He, he's won the World Heavyweight chi- title, the WWE title, the Intercontinental title, the... Uh, United States title and both tag team titles, as well as his infamous legend killer gimmick, which got, which pretty much made him who he is today. He had the gimmick where he was the young guy who was RKOing all the legends. Um, he spit in Harley Race's face. He attacked Hot Rod Roddy Piper, and it eventually led into this hardcore match between him and Mick Foley where uh, it essentially put him over because he beat Mick Foley in a hardcore match, improving to the quote-unquote hardcore fans that he is a legit wrestler. And oh my god, Ruthless Aggression hardcore matches. Oh my god. <laughs> Those are nuts. He also raided RKO with a famous heel stable with him and Edge, where they won multiple tag team titles. Legacy, which was his version of evolution where it was with DiBiase, uh, Ted DiBiase's son Ted DiBiase and Cody Rhodes <laughs> who is famously now working in AEW even though he has the worst tattoo I've ever seen in my life what tattoo is uh, that? he has a neck tattoo and it's pretty terrible oh. I think Mike can back me up on that one I 100% agree Yeah, um, but since then he pretty much is a singles wrestler with his short stint with Bray Wyatt. Uh, he has won a lot of uh, championships. Like, I think he's at 13 world championships. Something, something, like, something that. like that. He was also on Deal or No Deal, which I think is his crowning achievement. I remember that episode because he was a dick to wow. the person who was uh, like the, the host. Not the host, the the contestant. How? Mm-hmm. Howie Mandel. Oh no! They... He also won the Slammy Award for hashtag of the year in 2014. Hashtag RKO out of nowhere. That's probably why he's most wow. popular. It's because of the back. Now okay. you kids might not remember, but back in our day, our TikTok was called Vine, and everybody was <laughs> RKOing people out of nowhere on Vine. But yeah, um, I think he's an incredible <laughs> worker. When Randy Orton is committed to the feud that he is working on, he is probably one of the best wrestlers in WWE. And when he is not working the way, like, if he is bored with what he's doing, it is incredibly obvious. Um, but I still think he's a great worker. Uh, the Viper, the Legend Killer, he's the man. Um, and has six sleeves of tattoos, so... How? He only has two arms. <laughs> what? Six sleeves? That doesn't make sense. Two sleeves, plural. You can only have two arms. How does he have six sleeves? I said sick sleeves, you dolt. Oh, I thought you said I thought you said six. No, sick. 
Randy Orton defying the odds. He hears well, voices he's certainly in his head. A, he's certainly an, an arachnid. Oh. He hears voices in his head. Oh. They come to him. They talk to me. They understand. Well, the voices inside your head sound lovely. But yeah, Randall Orton. He also RKO'd the fuck out of Stacey Keebler. <laughs> Ron, do you have a wrestler? Because I'm going to stick with the wrestling theme because I do have another wrestling one. <laughs> I don't have... My last person is very much not a wrestler. Right. So, Mike, go ahead. My last Randy is... Oh, before I do this, honorable mention, uh, Randy Quaid. <laughs> oh, gone but not forgotten. He's, and when I say that, he's not dead. He's nobody just, claimed you know, not culturally... His best role <laughs> was Independence Day. Just saying. Let's just say he wasn't claimed off of waivers. <laughs> so my my last Randy is uh that's that's a good one not claiming off waivers. My last you, Randy Mike. is um Randy the Ram Robinson, a fictional Randy from the movie The Wrestler, mm. which I was in. Mm. I am in. I am in the background, and um. Did you get SAG credit for it? I did not. Are you a part of the... So you have an uncredited role. I do. Where Where's your IMDb page? We'll make one. Okay, let's get um, it. Rod, I have homework. All right. <laughs> Making Mike an IMDb page. I'm between two big blobs that were my cousin and his friend. Um... That's just funny, like, just scrolling down, like, the wrestler IMDb page, and it's a bunch of, like, just, like, actors, and then just Mike's name. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but it's just Mikey. But no I, last name. <laughs> I did get to see Mickey Rourke, um, said hi to him, and, um, but Mickey Rourke plays Randy the Ram Robinson, who is a... When the movie starts, he's an older wrestler who was popular in the 80s. And this movie takes place in... Well, this movie was filmed... It came out in 2008. So it takes place in the 2000s. So you see kind of his fall from grace and like where he's at now as an older man. And he's just not what it was. And it's, it shows the life of a pro wrestler um, after the glory days. And... It resonates or resonated a lot with a lot of, excuse me, with a lot of wrestlers. Um, Jerry Lynn, for example, is one who said that this kind Jerry of like, Lynn. it's kind of like is his life. Um, and you 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 see some of these guys at these conventions and stuff, and um, they're all battered, beaten, and bruised. And I know a lot of the wrestling podcasts that I listen to. They do say um, that one of their biggest fears always is ending up at a VFW signing like he went to and seeing people who are just shells of themselves and like Mm -hmm. it it just looked terrible. Um, It is a great movie. It was nominated for an Academy Award. I think Mickey Rourke won the Golden Globe, but he didn't win the Oscar for Best Actor. But um, Randy the Ram is his character and he kind of they kind of describe him as like a hulk hogan-esque type character in popularity 
but not really. They maybe, I don't know, maybe more like a, I don't know about a flair, but when I first saw it, I got the vibe like, oh, they treated him like a Hogan. And his main villain was the Ayatollah, which was like the Iron Sheik ripoff. Mm-hmm. So you kind of had that going. But um, his finisher was the Ram Jam, which was a, a move off the top rope. And um, it's a good movie. It's um, it's very it's kind of sad and it's kind of eye opening a little bit. But it really humanizes pro wrestling a lot. And uh, yeah. if you haven't seen it, check it out. But uh, that's my final Randy. Which is uh, Randy the Ram. No, that comment you had about going to a, like a VFW show and seeing wrestlers a shell of themselves really resonated with me. I, I remember I was with a friend once and we went to like a local indie show that Cole Cabana was at. And I really wanted to meet him because that was when I was like really into Cole Cabana's podcast at the time. And... Um, so I went, so we went, and I met Cole Cabana. I shook his hand. I bought a T-shirt, and then we were walking around a bunch of the other, like old wrestlers, and Raven was there, and so, oh. like we were just like I was just looking at like his stand and all of that, but like the friend who I was with, he was kind of like into Raven because like Attitude Era's like wrestling was his jam, even though like <clears throat> so. Raven actually comes up to my friend and he goes, Hey man, do you want a picture? And the guy was like, Oh yeah, awesome. That'd be great. And so Raven's like, all right, let's go get a picture. (laughs) So his friend handed me the phone. I took the picture and Raven was like, all right, that was, that was great. That'll be 10 bucks. (laughs) And the look, the look on my friend's face was just absolutely hilarious yeah <laughs> i know this yeah. friend and this friend is kind of cheap and he was kind of really pissed off but <laughs> and it was incredible it was but like <laughs> like that show it had that was just incredible's last match quote unquote it wasn't it was his last match <laughs> and like seeing like uh just incredible was there raven was there Balls Mahoney was there, and, like, seeing all of those, like, old ECW guys, like, obviously missing a couple steps, like, it was just really, I don't want to say sad, but you really feel bad that, like, they're not living comfortably, like, they have to go to these VFW shows in order to support their family and themselves, and, like, it really, it really puts it in perspective on, like, it's tough to be a wrestling fan at almost some points because you love watching these people perform but as soon as they're out of these major companies they're almost castaways and you don't really get to see them in the spotlight often once they're out of these companies because they become independent workers almost and it's hard to build your brand especially when you've like broken your body and then just thrown out for like a newer younger model so it's like some interesting perspective on wrestling and i think the wrestler does a really good job of showing that i'm so glad you mentioned raven he is 
by far one of my favorite wrestlers. He is in my top ten. Mm-hmm. I think the Raven character is ECW's answer to Sting and the Undertaker. Very much underutilized, but I think better than the both of them on the mic yes, at the very I, least. I agree. His work in ECW is incredible and he was underutilized in both wcw and wwe he really didn't get a chance to show off his talents and no by the he time didn't he won- and by the time he went to tna he was already like washed up um he did he helped carry tna for a while in 2005 um up until christian and Stan came but he but Raven, um, I met Raven too at a con in Philadelphia. Did you lose and, a tenor uh, accidentally? Oh no, I I willingly <laughs> paid for that for the photo for the Polaroid because I love Raven. But he goes, uh, you want to buy something else, kid? And uh, I, I bought like a, a sign eight by ten, and uh, I didn't get a shirt. But he goes, hey kid, uh, you like tattoos? And I was like, yeah, I guess. And he threw me a bunch of bottles of tattoo ink. And I was he's like here and I was just like I don't know what I'm supposed to do with these. Thank but, you. But he was on his way. He wasn't in TNA, but he was on his way to well later that night, I think that night or the next day, he was flying to Detroit for a TNA pay-per-view where he was doing like a one-off kind of thing. Okay. Um so this is that kind of tells you what era this was. But um yeah, dude, I love raven raven's actually super smart uh, yeah. he's, he's part of mensa and he's um he's, his podcast is pretty good i don't listen to it um much I, he tries to be like too funny and i don't really like the people that he has it with but i think whenever raven's on other people's podcasts i think it's fantastic he's hmm. like a joey ds type on joe rogan when joey diaz is on joe rogan he's great when joey diaz is by himself he needs that other person to like bring him back in you know what i mean no, dude, love Raven. And I'm so happy that it was that person who's going to be in our bracket episode got hustled. Yes. <laughs> but he still talks about it to this day as if, you know, it was the Enron scandal. <laughs> and he got like, you know, he got bartered out of millions. Yeah, at least it wasn't Virgil. <laughs> Virgil would have like stolen the dude's wallet. I got hustled by Virgil. <laughs> it's like... That's like a rite of passage to be a wrestling fan is if you get hustled by Virgil. Everybody has. He was like, yo, man, I had an NWO shirt on. And he goes, yo, man, uh, you like NWO? Oh, I'm Mike Jones, man. What's your name? I was like, Mike, oh, yo, Mike, I'm Mike Jones. And he goes, here, he signs his paper. He signs the picture. And he goes, here, it'd be $20. I was like, what? And I just did it <laughs> because I was waiting for Ted DiBiase to come because he had the sign that says Ted DiBiase and Virgil. So I was like, oh, Ted DiBiase going to be here. That's cool. Ted DiBiase never showed up. Ted DiBiase never shows up. It's just Virgil. <laughs> Fucking Virgil. But we, when my cousin had a wrestling podcast, we tried to get Virgil on the show. We were like, we would pay you. We'd give you a hundred bucks. But he didn't, he wouldn't do it. I was surprised. Because this wow. dude's like literally in the New York City subway selling autographs. So I'd imagine he's a little bit strapped for cash. I guess what we're trying to say is support local indie wrestling because you're getting to see up and coming stars as well as giving stable income to <laughs> hall of famers that you love people who got shafted out of having a 401k and health except insurance. scott steiner because fuck scott steiner 
I met him too. Dude's big. <laughs> I I actively yelled at him during a wrestling show, and I lived to tell the tale. Well, this will be off the record. So, like, it was at the same show, ironically. And huh. he was like, and Scott Steiner was just like, people were booing him because he accidentally dropped a dude, like, on his on his head. Like, it was a botch, like, a pretty obvious one. So we were, like, booing him. And, like, after he throws a guy, he just yells, New, New Jersey fucking sucks. And I just go, says the guy from Detroit. And he he looked at, like, he saw, he saw, he, like, looked at me. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to fucking die. <laughs> it sounds like a stacked wrestling show that you were at. Yep. Well, it was just Incredibles last show. I also got to see your boy, Habib. And Yo, Johnny Apples. Habib from the car, from the yeah. car wash. And Johnny McIntosh. He won. He won a. There was a TLC triple threat, and they pulled it. They instead of a table, they pulled out a door frame with that spray that on it was spray painted. We can't afford a table, and that was the most indie wrestling thing I've ever seen, and I loved it. Do you know how he? You know how me and him were became friends. No. He was a bank teller when I used Seriously? to go. Yep. When I used to go drop off um, every week when I got paid, I would go to the bank, and he was uh, it was a TD Bank, or I think it was Commerce Bank at the time, and they were open on Sundays, and that's when I got paid, and it was uh, they were the only one open, so he was there, and I never knew my bank account number, but I knew that I could give my social security number, <laughs> and uh, I would always like give it to the teller and he memorized my social security number oh my god okay that's super fucking sketchy just imagine if your bank teller was virgil yeah that's probably really bad but yeah but habib like knew it so he, every time he'd go up he goes now nah, i remember your social and it was like oh great <laughs> thank you me and me and me and habib were actually at a uh, jersey all pro show together before he was habib and um he this was when um we saw Mustafa Ali for the first time and um <clears throat> Mustafa Ali was yelling at people in Arabic and uh cuz he was playing a heel and um I was like what's he saying and he was like yelling he goes and he's like oh he's like you should order me a sandwich you're actually a really good looking person i hope you have a nice day but he was saying it in such a way that he looked like he was yelling at people, but really mm-hmm. he was giving compliments. And it was like how it was Germans hilarious. talk normally. It was hilarious. <laughs> uh, Habib. That's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. man, he lived the dream. He he became a he became an indie champ and he became a pro wrestler. I know we talk about this all the time, Mike, but we gotta go to a wrestling show. You know what? Everybody listening, you should go into a wrestling show once this all, once this whole isolation thing boils over. Support indie wrestling. All right, we got one more Randy. So my Randy is possibly, in my opinion, the most underrated Randy of all of them. That is Randy Newman. Randy Newman, you might say, who's that? That man. I've never heard of him. Is he a Randy? Is he a Newman? You'd be correct. Isn't he the dude from Jurassic World? (laughs) I think he might have cameoed, but no, not specifically. He's taking the margaritas? At Margaritaville? Oh, no, that's, that's, that's Jimmy Buffett. Oh, never mind. 
<laughs> anyway, Randy Newman, uh, he's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because he like wrote a lot of songs. Probably his most controversial song is called Short People, which in 1978, uh, a state senator out of Maryland tried to introduce legislation to get uh, short people banned from the radio. And the attorney general kind of said that goes against the First Amendment, so it didn't happen. But short people is told in the perspective of someone who doesn't like midgets. It's a great song. It's funny. Randy Newman is just like, he's a great artist. If you've seen any of the Toy Story films, he's the composer. I knew that he did the first one. I didn't realize that he did all four. And so realizing he did two, and I re-listened to the song, uh, what you call it? Into, I think it's been called Before She Loved Me or Since She Loved Me. Hold on. I'm going to take the two Jessie seconds to look song, this up. right? Yeah, yeah, the, Je- the Jesse song. Oh, yeah, When She Loved Me. Thank you, intern. Like, that song, I was just sitting here listening to it, tearing up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like that song, it's just, you know, Randy Newman is just, he's a really good, fun but artist. Just imagine Obviously, Randy he's... Newman singing that song. I don't think you would be crying. Oh, I could never. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's good that Sarah McLachlan, aka the person from all of those like adopt these dogs in the arms of an angel commercials. <laughs> in the arms of an angel, that girl. Um, but yeah, no, this guy also did like he's done a lot of movie scores. He did. He's done a lot of Pixar. He, he's done all uh, four of the Toy Story films, A Bug's Life, Monsters Inc cars but he's also done like james and the giant peach princess and the frog the natural one of my favorite under underrated movies of all time pleasantville meet the parents sea biscuit and recently marriage story the one where adam driver and scarlett johansson yell at each other for two really hours. so he did the soundtrack yeah. to that wait there's a soundtrack yeah, to really? that movie <laughs> randy newman is a tony short of getting an egot wow yeah, Randy Newman is like pretty Didn't legit. Did he do Monk like, you soundtrack know. too? Like, am I wrong saying that? Oh my god! Yeah, he did. He did, he did the Monk theme okay. song. I freaking love that <laughs> song. Yes. So yeah, no, Randy Newman, like very underrated, great guy. He was recognized in twenty and sorry in two thousand seven by the Walt Disney Company as a Disney legend. He's also in the Songwriters wow. Hall of Fame. This guy, yeah, he's great. Just. Randy Newman, go listen to short people. Don't get offended by it. And <laughs> yeah, it's so jungle yeah, that's it. <laughs> no, that's a good pick. I thought for a second it was the dude that made salad dressings, but that's Paul Newman as the intern. He's yes. handing me the piece of paper right now. <laughs> no, no relation. But Paul Newman is great. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So what? Also, me and Matt were talking about this before the pod. When she loved me, kind of got shafted for best original song at the 2000 Oscars. Granted, it was by another Disney movie. Uh, You'll be in my heart from I'm Tarzan. I'm still upset it wasn't but... the Three Six Mafia year. <laughs> Honestly, if you lose an Oscar to Three Six Mafia, like, ha- like, how do you feel Give about up. that? That would that would be the <laughs> ultimate insult. Except to Three Six Mafia. Shout out to you guys. ATL represent. So, yeah, so uh, Randy Newman is my final Randy. Solid pick. I know him 
most famously from the Toy Story movies. Yeah. And, and the moment. family wasn't the Family Guy uh, nuclear. Oh apocalypse? yeah, the the apocalypse episode. episode. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Randy. Uh, Randy Newman. I'm now going to once we stop recording. I'm going to listen to the monk theme song. All right, boys. That about wraps up our Randy's episode. Uh, in another installment of the favorite series, what uh, I think I picked Randy's. Before that, Ron monster. picked Bill's. You, it's oh. your turn, Matt. Who are you picking? What's the next hmm. name on our list? You know what? I'm going to give a little variety here. Let's go with Jessica or Jess. Oh my God. I call Jessica Walter. That'll wrap it up, right, Michael? Mikey? Mike? Michael? That's it. Um, Anything for you? Randy, I think you need to go learn how to ride a bike, Matt. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> learn some social distancing, Mr. Randy. That's what I have to say. He can't. He's dead. What? Have a good night, everybody. I'm sorry. So, I'm more concerned about why there are two people coming from micro. Okay, bye, Mom. Bye.